A Valediction for Philip Larkin You never travelled much, but now you have. Into the land whose brochures you liked least. That drear Bulgaria beyond the grave, where wonders have definitively ceased, ranked as a dead loss even in the East. Friends will remember until their turn comes what they were doing when the news came through. I landed in Nairobi with eardrums cracked by the flight from Kichwa Tembo. You had gone, I soon learned, on safari too. Learn soon, but too late, since no telephone yet rings in the wild country where we'd been. No media penetration. On one's own, one wakes up and unzips the morning scene outside one's tent and always finds it green. Green hills of Africa, wrote Hemingway. Omitting a preliminary the, he made the phrase more difficult to say. The hills, however, easier to see. Their verdure specified initially. Fifty years on, the place still packs a thrill. Several reserves of greenery survive, and now mankind may look but must not kill. Some animals might even stay alive, surrounded by attentive four-wheel drive, Toyotas full of tourists who shoot rolls of colour film off in the cheetah's face, while she sleeps in the grass or gravely strolls with bloody cheeks back from the breathless chase, alone except for half the human race. But we patrolled a less well-beaten trail. Making a movie, we possessed the clout to shove off up Green Hill and down Green Dale, and put our personal safety in some doubt by opening the door and getting out. Thus I descended on the day you died, and had myself filmed failing to get killed. A large male lion left me petrified, but well alone, and foolishly fulfilled, feeling weak need, but calling it strong-willed. Silk brushed with honey in the hot noon light, his inside leg was colonized by flies. I made a mental note, though wet with fright. As his mouth might have done off me, my eyes tore pieces off him to metabolize. In point of fact, I swallowed Kenya whole, a mill choked by a plenitude of grist. Like anabolic steroids for the soul, every reagent was a catalyst. So much to take in sent me round the twist. I saw Kilimanjaro like the wall of heaven going straight up for three miles. The Mara River was a music hall, with tickled hippos rolling in the aisles. I threw some fast food to the crocodiles. I chased giraffes who floated out of reach like angle-poised lamps loose in zero-g. I chased a mdudu with a can of bleach around my tent until I couldn't see. Only a small rhinoceros chased me. The spectral sunbird drew the mountain near, and if the rainbird singing soon, soon, soon turned white clouds purple, still the air was clear. The radiant behind of a baboon was not more opulent than the full moon. So one more tourist should have been agog, a treasure picked up cheaply while away. Ecstatic as some latter-day sea-dog, his trolley piled high like a wain of hay, 
with duty-free goods looted from Calais. For had I not enlarged my visual scope, perhaps my whole imaginative range, by seeing how that deadpan antelope, the topi, stands on small hills looking strange, while waiting for the traffic lights to change? Such sights were trophies, ivory and horn, destined for carving into objet d'art. Ideas already jumping like popcorn. I climbed down, but had not gone very far, between that old Dakota and the car, when what they told me stretched the uncrossed space into a universe. No tears were shed. Forgive me, but I hardly felt a trace of grief. Just sudden fear your being dead so soon had left us disinherited. You were the one who gave us the green light to get out there and seek experience, since who could equal you at sitting tight until the house around you grew immense? Your bleak bifocal gaze was so intense. Hull stood for England, England for the world, the whole caboodle crammed into one room. Above your desk all of creation swirled, for you to look through with increasing gloom. Or so your poems led us to assume. Yet even with your last great work, O Bard, to see death clearly, did you pull it close? The commentator must be on his guard, lest he should overlook the virtuose technique which makes majestic the morose. The truth is that you reveled in your craft. Profound glee charged your sentences with wit. You beat them into stanza form and laughed. They didn't sound like poetry one bit, except for being absolutely it. Described in English, written at its best, the worst of life remains a bitch to face, but is more shared, which leaves us less depressed. Please the condition of the human race, however desperate, is touched with grace. The seeming paradox is a plain fact. You brought us all together on your own. Your saddest lyric is a social act. A bedside manner in your graveyard tone suggests that at the last we aren't alone. You wouldn't have agreed, of course. You said without equivocation that life ends with him who lived it definitely dead and buried, after which event he tends to spend a good deal less time with his friends. But you aren't here to argue. Where you are by now is anybody's guess but yours. I'm five miles over Crete in a tri-star, surrounded by the orchestrated snores induced by some old film of Roger Moore's. Things will be tougher now you prove your point by leaving early that the man upstairs neither controls what happens in the joint we call the world, nor noticeably cares, while being careful not to put on airs, it is perhaps the right time to concede that life is all downhill from here on in. For doing justice to it, one will need, if not in the strict sense a sense of sin, more gravitas than fits into a grin. But simply staying put makes no one you. Those who can't see the world in just one street must see the world. What else is there to do except face inescapable defeat? flat out in a first-class reclining seat. You heard the reaper in the Brynmore Jones library cough behind your swivel chair. 
I had to hear those crocodiles crunch bones like cars compressed for scrap before the hair left on my head stood straight up in the air. You saw it all in little. You dug deep. A lesser man needs coarser stimuli, needs coruscating surfaces, needs sleep. I'm very rarely conscious when I fly. Not an event in life. To sleep. To die. I wrote that much, then conked out over Rome. Dreamed I'd been sat on by a buffalo. Woke choking as we tilted down for home. And now see, for once cloudless, the pale glow of evening on the England you love so. And spoke for, in a way she won't forget. The quiet voice, whose resonance seemed vast, even while you lived, and which has now been set free by the mouth that shaped it, shutting fast, stays with us as you turn back to the past. Your immortality complete at last.